I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. <laughs> and that's Grayson. And this is Autism Building the Puzzle. One piece at a time. Hi, and welcome to Autism Building the Puzzle, one piece at a time. Uh, we're here with you again for another great episode, and it's going to be an interesting, fun one, because we're taking some listener questions today. Yes. Um, here with my lovely co-host, Alexandria. Hi, everyone. Super excited for the questions uh, and the engagement with our audience so yes yes and thank you to everybody who sent questions and we got messages so we pulled everything from that stuff and just kind of compiled and yeah so we're going to answer those to the best we can and again if anybody wants to send in your questions send them on in oh yeah we're gonna be doing this probably like once a month if uh yeah you know provided we get a, I think it's a good idea. enough questions to uh right. fill an episode so right um so the first question comes from rachel what is the hardest part of raising a child with autism? Oh, many parts, <laughs> I would want to say, actually. Um, yeah, because there is a lot. Well, I think in the beginning, you know, kind of just getting used to the mm-hmm. idea that your life is not going to be necessarily what you always kind of thought it would be. A grieving process, you know, It's almost of. like you have to grieve, yeah, over, like... Your, you know, expectations the, yeah, the expectations you of your life versus the reality of your life at that point in time. Yeah, and that can be very difficult. Um, I would say, for me, that the hardest thing to to, to manage or, or whatnot is just like the motions of you know the life that we have now. I think the initial of just adjusting to new life and you know learning everything I think is the hardest part in the beginning and then once you're into it you learn so much and it just kind of becomes second nature for you to where you don't picture it being any other way um so it's just getting through that beginning stages and you know you will have your challenges along the way but definitely look into a support group you know we run uh building the puzzle support group and all of that and the call um and there's many other resources out there so yeah, and I'm, uh, when I talk about the emotions of the whole thing, why don't you tell them about the soccer? <laughs> yeah. So Sorry. we enrolled Grayson in soccer, and the first session he fell asleep and didn't participate at all. He slept in the car. He was totally grumpy when we got him out. So we went again. He had another game yesterday, and, you know, he... The ch- children were all kind of doing drills. You know, they had to kick the ball, jump over the cone, and then kick the goal, the ball into the goal. Um, so Grayson went up. I think he was the last one to do it. And we kind of sat with him on the sidelines until it was his turn because he's not going to just stand there in line with yeah. the kids. He'll run off. And just trying to get him to, like, watch what they were doing. Yeah, and, like, just, yeah. you know, amp him up kind of, get him excited and all of that. So um, I recorded it, and Sean went over and helped him. And, you know, they said kick the ball, and Sean helped him kick. And he knows to kick because he works on this every day in therapy for the past couple weeks. But I think he just didn't, you know, he's still learning with, like, okay, listen to the question, follow what they're asking. That's, you know, new to him in in an environment like that where there's, like, 30, 40 people around, you know. And he, 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 
So you have to kick the ball to the coach, jump over the cone, the coach kicks it back to you, and you have to kick it in the goal. Yeah. So he, like, tried to kick it to the coach. It didn't go very far, so it didn't reach the coach. <laughs> so then yeah. I had to help him to kick it again. Um, so. Uh, and then he jumped over the cone, and then he... All of a sudden, you know, the coach says, make a goal. And all the kids started cheering, make a goal, make a goal. And I was like full-blown tears. And every time I watch it now, I, I could almost cry right now thinking of it. Um, I don't know. It was just pretty amazing to see the kids cheering him on. You just don't know how often that that's going to happen in the future. And you don't know what he's going to do. And you don't know if you'll ever see him out there kick a soccer ball again. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's pretty surreal. Yeah, you know, and after a while of, you know, our lives this way and stuff, um, you start to take things that happen completely differently than other parents, you know? Um, yeah. Most parents wouldn't think twice about their four- or five-year-old going out and being involved in the soccer, like, and we wouldn't it's not have, a big deal. we wouldn't have either had we had a neurotypical. Yeah. We, we would be that same person, yeah. but, like... Now, just... Now, everything is so meaningful. You, you know what it is? Because you grieved that these things may not happen. And then when you see them happen, you don't take them for granted. You kind of just are in that moment, like, okay, I might never see this again, so I'm just going to take this moment in, you know? And for that one split second, you know what it what's like for parents of a neurotypical child, you know? And it's just different. I don't know. It's, I, I don't know how to explain yeah, it. It's just I mean, very emotional. It means so much more... You know, I think being a parent of an autistic child to see that happen. Yeah. Because um, it's so there's so much more work that goes into it. You know, like there's been hours upon hours, hundreds of hours of therapy yeah. that went into you know that moment, that yeah. two minute moment. Yeah. Um, you know. All the work so. we've done. Yeah. And, well, that he's done, honestly. He's yeah. the one doing it. He's the one doing the work. We're just here to support him. Yep. Our next question comes from London. Hi, London. How has Grayson's autism affected your marriage? Uh, I would say in many ways. Um, you know, you don't really have the time for each other anymore. You kind of are interrupted all the time. I mean, there's some days where me and Sean can't have a conversation, you know, because we constantly are tending to Grayson. And that's okay, and we get that. But it's hard sometimes. You really have to try to balance, um, and it definitely takes time. You know, we're definitely not perfect. We're not there yet. We have our struggles. We have our disagreements, you know, things like that. Um, but I will say autism is a huge you know, you see a lot of couples divorce when their children have autism. It's very hard. It puts a lot of pressure on the family. And I think what happens, and in our situation, you know, like I've said on a previous episode, we, we weren't going to take that out on Grayson. Um, we kind of would turn to each other and kind of uh, put our frustrations out on each other, um, which is not healthy either. But, I mean, I, I, it's better than taking it out on Grayson. But we... You know, it was just a lot. Sean was working, busy. We didn't really have time to work on the issues, things like that, until later on. Um, 
So it's definitely a struggle, but try to find your time and try to find your date nights or any way that you can. We used to even just watch a half hour of our favorite TV series. Um, even if it was just that before bed when Grayson was in bed, I mean, half an hour of your time. And if it's on DVR, you can fast forward the commercials. So it's even <laughs> less time. Um, but it, it's not a lot to give your relationship some, uh, you know, TLC. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, I think the hardest uh, time that we had in our marriage was when Grayson's um, had a lot of the behavioral problems, the headbanging and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because we couldn't, like, we couldn't have anybody watch him for like a year and a half. Like, literally, yeah. one of us was with him every minute of every day for a year and a half straight. Yeah. We had no time. I mean, we were barely able to have time for ourselves. Yeah. Let alone as a couple without Grayson constantly interrupting things. Yeah, it's true. Um, And that was because we couldn't... It's not that we don't trust other people. It's that they don't know all the things we were working on in therapy. Um... And it's very easy for someone not to follow through on the things we're doing in therapy. And it causes huge problems then with all the work he's done. Yeah. You know? And we just, I mean, Alex was adamant we cannot afford to have that happen. So. No, we kind of, we were working too hard. And, you know, if you weren't around every single day, you didn't really know exactly what to do and that's fine I understand that but we, we just we couldn't I couldn't risk it it was too much yeah and it, I think it was worth it be, because now he's been able to you know uh, manage some of that stuff yep. and he's in a better place so he can go and now he's able to go yeah. to his he grandparents every week every, every Wednesday week. Yep. so it's good for him you know to have that relationship and you know it's just it's just what needed to happen at that time yeah. in our situation so you know, and we found ways um, after some of the, you know, after four years now. Yeah. Um, to, like, just keep our marriage going in a positive direction. I mean, we have our moments, obviously, like every couple does. But, yeah, definitely. You know, I think things like the fact that we've started this whole... whole uh, Has been really good. Project, because, you know, us. yeah, I think it's been really good for us because we get to spend time together talk together we enjoy working um, together yeah we're good at what we do you know the things I don't do Sean does it's like split so we kind of well, do well, what we I, do what our strengths are well Alex still has tears in her eyes from the soccer story oh my god yeah I'm still crying <laughs> I can't do I can't Sh- uh, next question from Kevin Sean what are your thoughts about fathers of autistic children ah <sighs> Um, well, I think way too many fathers are disengaged as parents when they find out. They're in denial. They don't want to deal with it. I mean, most of them are working a lot. Um, so they're not very engaged. Um, they're feel like a lot of them got to do a better job of trying to be supportive of both their spouse and their children um, that are going through the therapy every day and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think, you know, the men, 
need to step up more. Um, you know, um, you're, you know, as a man, I think you're responsible for, you know, supporting your family and, you know, a lot of people think financially, but that's not the only way to support your family. I mean, I think emotionally is just as important, if not more important, uh, long term for the health of your family yeah. and your child and things like that. So, you know, I, I just think um, not enough fathers get involved enough in their children's lives in that way. So, I mean, I've even seen stories about where fathers spend most of their time with their neurotypical kids and stuff like that and doing things and, you know. Sad their autistic children almost get neglected and stuff like that so and that makes symptoms um, even worse too you know I think the world is just you know craving you know just better men that are more responsible uh, as fathers and more um, just active and yeah. accepting of what's more. going on couldn't agree more Next question is from Will. <clears throat> okay, and our next question here is from Lisa. She asks, will you be sending Grayson to school? Um, in the beginning, we had all intentions of, he actually started at a Montessori school uh, about two years of age, right before he turned two, yep. maybe. Um, and he was there for about two months, and it went well in the beginning. And then, you know, they had changed his classrooms to, uh, you know, more kids in the classroom, and it was just a little overwhelming. So we kind of had to discontinue. It just wasn't the best place for him. Um, it was a fantastic school, and I was very, very happy with them, trusted them. Um, it was just, you know, it became a safety concern with Grayson. He kept ex escaping out of the rooms, and he wasn't great at the stairs yet, and they had to move him downstairs. Then it was, like, the head banging, and he just had a difficult time. So after that, about a year after that, we had the school district come out during, you know, our uh, OT session and talk to us and go over any questions we had and explain the program and things like that, and it would be an ABA program all day in school. Um, and I was, you know, f I didn't really like the program or really this, the school is, I've heard mixed reviews, so I wasn't really crazy about it. Um, and then I made the decision once we started really making progress with behaviors, um, I just thought it was best that we possibly homeschool Grayson because I, neurotypical kids pick up other behaviors from kids. It's going to happen. Yes. But I do not want him to be in a classroom where it's very possible that every one of these children have a behavior issue and he's going to follow the right along. And I don't want that. I don't want him picking it up again if we're curbing it. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that was my decision. Uh, I thought even if I can't do it five days a week myself, if I can do it for two or three and then bring someone in and pay them for those two days, we know we're on point. Curriculum, everything's getting done. It's kind of a new person for him to see. Um, however, we will probably use an umbrella school, they're called, and a lot of people don't know about these, but we will use that, and what they do is they kind of make sure your curriculum is good, what they're learning, that they're on track, and things like that, which I'm all for because I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. 
So we will definitely do that for, you know, a long time. If he comes to me one day and says, Mom, I, I want to try school, you know, if he verbalizes that to me or communicates that to me, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I will let him try that. I'm not going to hold him back. But um, a lot of kids that are homeschooled, they go for two days and they're like, I, w- I want to come back. <laughs> I don't want to go anymore. So we'll see. Yeah, and um, actually, Alex has a contact of somebody that is starting um, an in-home, like, you know, homeschooling program. Yes, right? yes, I do. Um, and they they haven't launched it yet. They're they still working on it. it but um, mm-hmm. we're going to try to hopefully get her on the show to do an interview with her. Absolutely. Um, you know, so you guys can see some of the differences, some of the benefits of you know, a program like that. Yeah, especially if you're in the New Jersey area, you know, I don't know what the range is going to be since it's online. I don't know yet if it's just going to be in New Jersey. I I think I would say yes, probably, because I think when you're a teacher, you have to have a license in that state, correct? I don't know. I don't know how that works, but she has been a um, teacher for a long time, preschool teacher. um, So that, you know, I think is a fantastic, fantastic idea. So that's something that we, I would definitely enroll Grayson right now. Um, she's supposedly opening opening online in September um, just because, you know, she wants to stay home with her kids now. She's a mom of, of two. So it's, you know, I completely get that from another mom's point of view. Um, so in September, yeah, I absolutely will enroll him in that and he can do it online. And, you know, it's, it's at home and then there's... You know, he might like it, so and he might hate it, and that's okay. And we'll still enroll him. Um, so we'll do, we'll see. All right. So our next question, Alex. Yes. This comes from Julia. Hi, Julia. Uh, Alex, where do you find the strength and drive to work on overcoming Grayson's challenges? <sighs> um. This is this is probably going to be another emotional one. <laughs> you know. I think just um, how I am as a person has changed. I think Grayson has changed me. Um, You know, for a long time, I was a big, you know, procrastinator, wouldn't get things done. I was just your typical, you know, uh, girl, I guess, (laughs) that didn't have kids yet and things like that. And then I always say to Sean, I I thank God for Grayson's autism because I don't know if I would have been the mom that I am had it not been for his autism. I don't know if I would try as hard, and I can honestly say that. Um, so I think with my strength, I think you just have to find time for you too. And I, I do need that a lot, whether, you know, Sean goes to bed earlier and I stay up till 3 a.m., get a hot bath, watch a show. I have to have that. And Sean will always say to me, like, you're so tired, but you stay up till 3 a.m., like, yeah, I know because I don't have any interruptions then and I can kind of just like do my thing and that's what I enjoy and that's really when I grow the most is when I get my alone time. So, um, yeah, that's what I've been doing, self-care and things like that. We'll be right back after a word from our show sponsors. Here at Building the Puzzle, we understand how difficult and challenging it can be for parents with autistic children that have communication delays. Well, if you're in New Jersey, you're in luck. The Speech Paradigm has you covered. They're helping children overcome speech challenges all across New Jersey. They offer both telehealth services as well as in-home therapy. Please reach out to them. You can uh, take a look on their website at www.thespeechparadigm.com. You can reach out by phone at 732-203-8800. 
You can also find them both on Facebook and Instagram as well at The Speech Paradigm. We are also sponsored by Grayson and Company, uh, making homemade toys. They have everything from wooden homemade toys to sensory bins, sensory boards, all different kinds of toys for your children. Uh, they can be reached at grayson-company.myshopify.com as well as on Facebook and Instagram as well as Etsy. On Etsy, they can be found at Grayson and Company Toys. And now back to the show. Next question is from Lena. Sean, how has autism affected you as a father? Um, well, I think it's, well, it's made me a better father. Um, because I think it's forced me to do things that I may not have otherwise done as much. Um, and what I mean by that is just, um, I have to obviously be super engaged with, you know, Alex and what's going on in therapy with the therapist and with Grayson and, you know, uh, I might not have been as detailed as a parent, um, if this wasn't the case, you know what I mean? Uh, in a way I feel like God had this happen for that purpose to make me a better father, you know, and to prepare me to be the father that Grayson needed. Yeah. Um, so, and you know, it's been, it's been really hard. I had a kind of a nervous breakdown when Grayson was born. Yeah. <laughs> Which kind of goes to show that, you know, maybe I wasn't as ready as I thought I was to be a father. And then I think, you know, that first year um, was up and down because of that kind of stuff. And then, you know, I think that finding out he was autistic and diving into everything really just opened me up and really pushed me to have to become, you know, you know the best father I could possibly be. So, yeah. Next question is from Gloria. How has it affected you as parents? Um, I think it made us better parents, like I said in the previous question. Um, I think that, I don't think we would have been the parents that we are today had it been an neurotypical child. And I say, we, we actually, we have to communicate a lot about Grayson and yeah. what we think we need to work on and do. Um, you know, and we really have, because of every, all the challenges, we really have him, his, um, well-being at the center of everything. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we don't have to like argue like about certain things that other parents might argue about. Like, yeah. I, I don't want my son doing that. I don't want my son. No, it's like we have so much to overcome that we don't really pay as much attention to that. Like we, we disagree on, you know, things like types of, like in the beginning we disagreed on a lot of the types of therapies that we should be doing. Um, and things like that. But like we, we both know that we really want the best for him and it's a tough situation. So, 
we're much more open to the other person's point of view, I think. Yeah. Um, you know. Agreed. Next, we have a question from Michelle. Hey, Michelle. <laughs> I love this one. Will you guys have more children? Well, you know, we were back and forth with this for a while. Um, Because just because you just, I think about like, okay, well, what happens if we did have another one with autism? It's not the autism. It's just I worry about what happens if, you know, he or she is violent and I have to worry about our safety or Grayson's safety. Um, It's something I think about. And then I think about the other aspect that I should not worry about that. You know, um, things happen for a reason, and what will be will be. And it might be better off for him to have a sibling so that he has somebody, like, when we're, Mm -hmm. you know, when we leave this earth one day. Yeah, and I've always wanted more children. Um, I would hate for him to be alone. Absolutely. And it's not their responsibility, but they can at least, like, make sure he's okay. Um, You know, I but I've always wanted more. Um, So, yeah, I... You know, fifty-fifty. Yeah, I know. I think you know. Mm-hmm. We've been back and forth with it. Yeah, and I think it kind of depends on the situation at the time. Absolutely. If Grayson's having a bad, really bad week, you might be like, "All right, I don't think we should have any more kids." Yeah, yeah. Um, we actually we found out back in January, um, so it's May. So back in January, uh, that we, I just literally woke up one day and was like, "I'm sweating." I need to take a pregnancy test. Like, I feel something. And Sean's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, I think I'm pregnant. And I took a test and turned out I was pregnant. Um, And unfortunately, you know, four or five days later, I had miscarried. Um, So that was a very, very, very tough experience. And I think what was hard was that we didn't plan it at all. It was total surprise. And I thought, okay, this is God's way of protecting me. I'm pregnant. He has a plan in store. Like, this is going to be okay. And then I miscarried, and that, like, really threw me through a loop because I just was not expecting that at all. But I also, I mean, Sean knows, I also was not feeling good at all, like, that whole week that I found out I was pregnant, um, which I was definitely miscarrying the whole week. Um, So, yeah, I, I knew something, you know, the first two days I think I was so excited. and But then I just knew something wasn't right. Um, so yeah, I think we're le- you know, uh, I think we're highly leaning towards having more children right now uh, because of that. Because you know we were kind of like back and forth, back and forth, and then when you know Alex was pregnant, it was like we do want another so child. exciting, like oh my god, and that happens I'm so to a happy. lot of couples. They miscarry and then they know like. I do want to be. And then, you know, um, that was a really crazy time for emotions, that that, like two-week period, because we didn't know whether we wanted to have more, then all of a sudden Alex isn't feeling good, then then she's pregnant, so another up. I think the hardest part (laughs) was We're happy about it, then she's not feeling good. Like, COVID was going on, and we couldn't even be together through the situation, and that was... was, Yeah, I couldn't go to the hospital with her. That was super, super difficult. Um, and then like, it's like one of those things like you, you're not sure if you want something, but then when you have it, like, and somebody just rips it away from you like that, like, yeah, it's really hard. So 
Definitely. I agree. And our last question from Gina. What is the most important advice for parents out there? Um, always be learning. Always be present. Be present in therapy. Do not go out. Do not leave the room. Learn everything that you possibly can because when that therapist leaves, you need to know exactly what to do. You're on your own then. They're just there. They're not a babysitter. They're there to help and they're there to educate. And Not just the child, you too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of parents, you know, I've heard stories from, you know, you know, therapists and things and they have said, you know, we, we show up sometimes and then the parents are like, okay, well, I got to go to shop, right? Like, see you in two hours, which I just think is crazy. And then what happens is the child really struggles and then the parents are complaining about it. Well, the therapist is only there for a few hours. What happens when the therapist is gone? There's no, the, the child really, it's very hard for them to make progress because once the therapist leaves, therapy stops. That's it. It's over. Um, and that cannot happen or you are going to have a very difficult time unless your child is super high functioning and there's no behavior issues and things like that, you know, but it's going to be very, very difficult. So I recommend doing that, doing your research. Well, I mean, even if you're not lo- working on skill acquisition when the therapist leaves, you have to at least know how to, w- you know, follow through on some of the things they were working on mm-hmm. in the natural environment. So, you know, if that's following directions, you got to make sure you follow through on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that's the most important thing, you know. Because um, I know it's hard a lot of parents have a lot of things going on. They have other children, work, you know, all the rigors of life. Um, but at least minimally, even if you're not working on some of the skill acquisition from therapy, you have to at least follow through on, on you know, the things that, you know, just come into the natural course of life. Yeah. Um, because when you don't do that, it's going to affect therapy. Absolutely. And in the long run, it's going to be a really big problem. It's confusing because they're like, oh, wait, I have to follow through on therapy, but I don't follow through at home with my parents, so what do I do? I don't know what to do. And that can be really confusing. So, um, yeah. And it's just going to set you back, you know, like. You're going to hit roadblocks eventually. It's like everything in in life, you know, like, you you know, you're, you know, if you half-ass something, you're doing it at your own detriment. Yeah. You know, better to do it right the first time than have to do it, you know, over again. And I always looked at it like this. The more, if I don't do anything now and the time just goes, he could be 10, 11, and our life could be managing this and getting this under control where it should have been years ago. And then where are we? We're then, you know, in our fi- in our, in our 40s, okay? And that's not something that we, we want to, you know, be, you know, enjoying our life and calming down with him at that point. Not calming down, but you understand what I'm saying. Not going through as many challenges and stuff. And I just thought, you know, it's better if I do all this as young as, as possible. And it's just going to make our life easier, his life easier. You know, just get it done and do it. Don't wait. Yeah, and that's our, that's our goal for him is to help him become as independent as possible so absolutely so do you have any final thoughts for our listeners no I just want to say thank you guys for you know sending in your messages again 
anybody who wants to send a message, please send it in, and we will do our best to get to that. Yeah, and, you know, we love doing this yeah. show. It has been such a blessing in our lives to, you know, I mean, it's been therapeutic for us. Um, I think so, yeah, you know, and definitely. And also helping, helping you guys. I mean, we want to help as many people as we can um, because... It's it is a ch- it's a challenge and um, you know nobody's alone out there, so we're here to help you and we want to do everything and we're going to do everything we can. Yeah, uh, and we love hearing to help from inform you, guys. you guys. And the more you get involved, we love it. Um, it just keeps us, you know, engaged and keeps us moving forward, trying to give you guys the best content we possibly can. So. You literally just took the words right out of my... Uh, but I was thinking again. See? See? You did that this is why on we're our married. last episode, too. Yeah, I know. You're doing that's, a lot. That's how much I know you. <laughs> just like when we go to our restaurants that we love to go to. I know... I, you don't even need to look at a menu. I know what to order for you. Yeah, this is true. He could. <laughs> but that's the sign of a good relationship, right? So. <laughs> yes. Especially when it comes to food to me. All right. That's enough about that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, you know... Check out uh, our social media. Uh, we got the support group information on there. Share our stuff um, to get it out to as many parents that um, need to have access to this information that's going to help with that. For Autism, Building, building the, the Puzzle, puzzle one, one Piece at, at a time. time. I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. Signing off. Take care, everybody. building the puzzle we understand how difficult and challenging it can be for parents with autistic children that have communication delays well if you're in new jersey you're in luck the speech paradigm has you covered they're helping children overcome speech challenges all across new jersey they offer both telehealth services as well as in-home therapy please reach out to them you can uh, take a look on their website at www.thespeechparadigm.com reach out by phone at 732-203-5268 you can also find them both on facebook and instagram as well at the speech paradigm we are also sponsored by grayson and company uh, making homemade toys they have everything from wooden homemade toys to sensory bins sensory boards all different kinds of toys for your children Uh, they can be reached at grayson-company dot myshopify.com as well as on facebook and instagram as well as etsy on etsy they can be found at grayson and company toys